Aren't you glad that is who he is? And he proves it over and over and over again. He is the inexhaustible fountain of life. Healing, miracles, amen. And you know that he dwells in the praises of his people. And he's welcome here. The king of glory that created it all is welcome here. turn to your neighbor and say good to be in the house of the Lord with you good to see each and every one of you here this morning amen we certainly love you with all of our hearts we so welcome the presence of the Lord amen you make him welcome not a building not music but you make him welcome and he likes to go where he's welcome I'd like my home to be a place where he's welcome to come. And not just our home, but our church. Amen. Brother Joel is here this morning. His father is a friend of mine. He's going to be having open heart surgery on Friday. And they're going to be taking five different veins from his legs and, and do an open heart with him. And, and I told him we would pray with him this morning. And so, Brother Joel, if you'd come and meet your team. See, we send word to your father. He's quite a friend of mine. I've known him many years. Amen. He's a real believer. Amen. I lay my hand on your heart. Almighty God now. The one that created the heart. You, you made the heart like you made your own throne. Even so much so that it's described in Ezekiel how that there's four great chambers representing the, the, the servants every blood vessel that goes out of it is a type of the heart and the throne of God so because you want to live in the heart of a man not just the physical part but you want to live Lord the the life chamber. I pray that you would send your word. May his doctors begin to work. I pray that the angels of God would stand present beside of that bed of that believer. And I ask you to send your word. Comfort this family. Strengthen them, Father. Lord, I ask you that you would do a work. And as they do their work, may you be there to heal them and Rehabilitate him. Give him life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Now we believe. Amen. Amen. I love you. I love you with all my heart. Amen. 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 Hold just a second. Our sister's going to Minnesota, and today is her last sister, Ruth. She's named after the queens of the Bible, and uh, we've enjoyed having her with us. And Sister Ruth, if you'd come, we would like to have prayer with you as well this morning. And, and, uh, and uh, she asked me if I could come to her wedding whenever she gets married in life. And amen. That might take me some places. Amen. 
Sister Ruth, we've enjoyed having you here. The same Holy Spirit that's been in this building wants to go and be with you. You're a great girl. God bless you. Heavenly Father, just now, your presence that is here, I ask you to touch Sister Ruth today. that you'd watch over her. I pray that you'd give her travel safely. I pray that you would open doors that seem like impossible to open. And I pray that you'd watch over her now. Even bring her the right mate. That she can live life as a real lady. A queen of a home. Lord, the queen of a church. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would touch her. Minister to her now. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen, amen. Your parents should be very proud of you. I am. I love you. I love you. good to us. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful time that was here yesterday for the children, and we certainly appreciate those that did what they did, Sister Katie and all your team. Thank you for doing that, and, and uh, we were able to be here a few moments with you, and, and uh, boy, that looked like a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have an adult day one day, and like Andrew said, we'll have a prayer line this week. bless you. would like for you to remember us uh, Wednesday we fly, Sister Connie and I fly to Edmonton, Canada for Brother Ed Hammermeister is overseeing that church now and it's the Edmonton church and I've been there for many, many years and, and uh, I'll be preaching in the meeting Saturday and Sunday evening and we're going to try to work it some way where if we can just speak to you after church work it somewhere where we can archive it on our YouTube and, and so if that would be possible and so if you would remember us there I will be speaking with Brother Tim Pruitt and maybe you can just be seated just for a moment I just want to share something with you Amen. Thank you. And <clears throat> I believe this meeting has some incredible significance to it it was about two years ago that, maybe even just a bit more than that, I had a, I had a, a dream vision. I, I don't remember at this point, but I've got it written down. Brother Tim's got it written down. I think some of my family has it written down. that We were working in the darkness, and we were standing in the darkness, and we were doing our very best to get people into the light. It was in the evening time, and you could just see images of people seemed like a lot of people that were going backwards and forwards and, and uh, we were preaching with all of our passion and I looked across the way and Brother Tim Pruitt was on the other side of the gate and we were doing our best to get people and when the, the gate was open and there was great light 
And, and on the other side of that light was much singing that sounded like angels singing. And there was like beams of light. It was like your fingers, beams of light coming out. And, and when we actually drove by Brother Tim Pruitt's church, I looked at his window seals and they had this, uh, his, night, his church's evening light and it had those beams of light that was going out. And uh, <clears throat> Brother Tim and I have never spoke that meeting there at, at, together at Edmonton. And when we begin to put it together, Brother Harold Hildebrandt actually asked us to come before his passing. Brother Timothy Pruitt will be speaking with us. Unbeknownst to any of us, the Pope would arrange to be at Edmonton on the same weekend. I think that has incredible significance to it. Because in the darkness of all of this, there's a light that's still standing. And, and that will have a lot of, that will have a lot of uh, precedence in that city because of the Pope will be there at the same time. But whether the world wants to admit it or not, the, the two or three uh, most powerful preachers is going to be there. And so, and so, so if you would just remember us in prayer, that, that that meeting would have significant importance. And so, if you'll pray for us, we have did that meeting by live stream over the last two or three years. And this will be our first time back there to do that. So you would remember us in prayer that God would give us the strength to do it. And he would help us to be able to do that. And um, then we will come back and get home about midnight or about 1 o'clock actually when we get home um, on Tuesday morning. And then we will, once we get up and get ourselves shuffled back in the, in the groove again on Tuesday Tuesday during the day, we will travel to Brother Joe Green's meeting. Brother Joe Green's is the missionary meeting that will be going on. Generally, it happens at that school. Many of you have been at that school, but this year they are, they're having it in their church. And uh, so I feel like it'll be much more powerful in the church uh, than it would be at that great big school where the lights are in your eyes and everybody's scattered all over the place. And and this one's scattered here and that one's scattered there and you can't see anybody in the building. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little more cramped in spaces. And so, you know, uh, we, we kind of get used to our own luxury, you know, sitting with two seats beside of us and we're okay. But, you know, it's, it's okay to be a little bit crowded. And so uh, we're, we're looking forward to that meeting. We believe in Brother Donnie Reagan and myself will be speaking there, and so I'd like for you to pray for us there, as well as Brother Joe that is conducting the meeting, and pray that God would just be with us in a special way. Then only a couple weeks from then, or maybe about four or five weeks from then, we will be having our Labor Day meetings, and, and I'm sure we'll be, we'll be full here. But actually, our church is probably much bigger than even Branham Tabernacle, and so you can imagine the crowds was there, so, amen. So, <clears throat> you to remember those meetings, Brother Tim Pruitt, Brother Timothy Pruitt, Brother Donnie Reagan will be speaking in those meetings here for us, and so, there's a great things, and, and a lot more on our schedule, and, and uh, we're, we're just praying that God would just give us the strength to do it. 
All of this is a miracle for me to be able to do it. The doctors on Monday and Tuesday gave us a green light, and uh, we had very we had very difficult days with those those days, and left some residue with us for the week, and so we're just taking it one day by day, and uh, God gives us the strength to get through one day, and then we'll we'll take tomorrow when it gets there, and. And here's the way I look at it. If today's a bad day, yesterday was pretty rough, and I just figured, well, tomorrow will be better, and it is. And so we're certainly thankful for that today. And so, amen. We love you. We, we certainly appreciate all the prayers from everywhere. Brother Barry Coffey checked in on me this morning just before coming to the pulpit and said he just felt led to pray for me. And so we're, we're thankful for that, that God would call on men to to, to have prayer for us. and This morning kind of has an incredible significance for, for me, myself, as I watch this, as it begin to come together. It will have some significance for this church. <clears throat> and there's a song that kept coming to me, and, and I, I'm, no, I'm no singer, so I'm just going to kind of say it to you, if that's okay. And it says, Some through waters, some through the blood. You might find that song. Some through the fire, but, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, and God gives us a song in the night season all the day long. Verses, in shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the water's cool flowing bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Second verse. Sometimes the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley, the darkest of night, God leads his dear children along. Through sorrows bewildered and evils opposed, God leads his dear children along. Through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes. God leads his dear children along. Away from the mire and away from the clay, God leads his dear children along. Away up in glory, eternity's day. God leads his dear children along. Did we not find it? Some through waters, some through flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all day long. Amen. Amen. In that sermon, Brother Branham preaches, what is the attraction on the mountain? And there was a man sitting there that had great significance to this church. And that man was Thomas Brady. Thomas Brady was sitting there not knowing too much about Brother Branham. But he had a letter in his pocket from Sister Brady, and that, that letter was that she was having trouble with her feet. 
and she wasn't able to work. And, and it, it, many of you know they were working kind of almost like indentured slaves at that point in Jamaica. And, uh, and they were working for a very wealthy, wealthy family that actually built a home like the old slaves would do. And they built it like that and actually had people working for them kind of in that same order. Brother Tom and Sister Brady was there. Gloria was there. She was a precious lady. And uh, they, they'll probably watch the service because they watch them. Brother Tom is now, is, is now his mind is a little slipping. You know, sometimes I feel like mine's slipping a little bit. But, uh, but anyway, Brother Tom was working there, and he would come to America about once a year, and he would come to America. And Brother Henry Green was, was taking care of him, and they took him. They actually took him to Jeffersonville, and, and so he would tell us the story many times standing in this pulpit how that hundreds and hundreds of people would wait outside and when the doors would open at, at one time, they'd all run in. And he said it was the most unchristian thing he'd ever seen. And they would run in and the first night he, he would be, get set in the back or the first day he would get set in the back and, and then the next day he got to sit up a little bit closer and he had, he had in his pocket uh, a letter from Sister Brady about, and she had asked him, when you're with a minister, would you, would you have them to pray for me? And he had not had nobody to pray at this point. And he's sitting there with that, with that letter in his pocket. And Brother, Brother Branham is going to speak, what is the attraction on the mountain? And he says, what is the attraction? It's Jesus fulfilling his word. And I'm just going to preempt this just for a minute because that's the way it feels to do it. And just preempt his word. And that's what he's doing again today, he would say. It was God on the mountain with Noah and it was God on the mountain with Moses and it was, it was God on the mountain in a burning bush and it was God on the mountain with Mount Carmel and it's been God on the mountain with the sword. And he was taking people from a historical reference to prophecy being fulfilled. And, he, and, and I'm going to read the text in just a few moments, but he said, what was prophecy now is fulfilled. And what he's going to say about Revelations 10, what was prophecy is fulfilled. And, let, and I want to go even further than that. So many people want to point to a cross. But Jesus ain't on the cross. That's where he was at. But if you want to know where he is at, here he is. What you are experiences of the bride's revival or the appearance of him in bride form of people that didn't wash themselves, but a word came to wash them, to prepare them, to get them ready. You are the attraction on this hill. <laughs> now I want to link some things together before I preach, so please don't count this time together for me. 
when we think about where we are, you didn't put yourself here. God put you here. Well, I, I tell you what, I made a choice to be here. Did you? You didn't make a choice to be born. But I would agree with the, someone who said it the other day. Every seed has the right to be born. Every seed has a life to be born. <clears throat> Brother Homer brought us up on this hill. This hill was, was full of trees. He said, we're going to put a church here. I have to be very honest with you. I didn't see it, but God had showed him. Many of you, a lot of you are new, but many of you worked hard on this hill, Kapati. This is a beautiful hill here now, but many of you worked extremely hard cutting trees, stumps, all different kind of things. Heavy equipment came and began to work, and this building was built in about a year. Many of you labored very hard on this hill. And there's a light that shines out there with a cross on it. And this place has represented the lighthouse sitting here on this hill. This building has been dedicated for worship. And as Andrew said last night, we preach the message here. And let me just say this to you, the message is the Bible. I started preaching early to Gabriel this morning. This message is the Bible. We're the most fundamental believers that there is on the earth. We believe the Bible. We have an open book. The author of the book opened the Bible for us. It's like Netanyahu sat there before all those men and said, Here is our title deed to Israel. This God gave us this land. I want to stand with passion in my heart. This is our title deed to be the bride of Jesus Christ. I like it that way too, don't you? I think sometimes we have a lack of appreciation of even what we have. One day this place will be a, a vacant center. It'll slip right into a tribulation period and they won't even know it. But it'll be vacant. We won't need it no more. I'm afraid people take for granted that this is the way that will always be. But it won't be like this forever. It just won't be like this. This will be, I think we lack the appreciation of maybe not even knowing the cost of what it took to get to this spot. Lots of people want to be where you're at, but they don't want to pay the cost to get there. Many refuse to commit. Commitment sometimes is 
takes a little skin. Sometimes it takes life, life commitment. You don't believe that, just wait till you end an event and about two or three of you are standing there to clean up. Everybody enjoys the event. I'm one standing before you here. Maybe no other preacher has stood where I stand, but I am committed. Just because that God chose for me to have this journey don't mean that I quit and I walk away. Just because that I go like Monday and Tuesday and I continue to be told every day is a miracle, so enjoy that day. I would say that every time that I preach to you is a miracle, so enjoy that service. We're on a mission. I won't, don't want us to lose focus. Don't get tied up in drama of your own family's humanity. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. Whatever you have in life, your house, your home, your cars, whatever you've got, all of that stuff and it's temporary. Don't get tied up in all of the nonsense of life, jobs and situations and just family fusses. You know, just get above that. Just raise above that. When there's storms, that pilot just pulls the lever back and he raises the plane. That eagle, what he does, it just raises himself above the storm. Many men have quoted this. Great men. If you hear I died, don't believe it. I will be more alive than ever before. You've heard me say from this pulpit, never, ever, ever, ever give up. And every time the doctor tells me every day is a miracle, I believe that within my heart because Satan swore that I would not live to see this day. Sometimes in the darkness of your life, God's working. You know, we don't orchestrate these services. But sometimes you don't see he's working, but he's working. He's working. There's a lot of distractions that will come your way. Jobs, homes, situations of life, flat tires. <laughs> will come your way. There's a lot of miserable people around you. Miserable people want to make you miserable. Hurt people want to make you hurt. Hate only breeds hate. And it fights to hate you. It's a, it's a life mission to destroy you. Maybe it's because of jealousy. But listen, if you ever want to get ahead in life, work. I, I know it's a four-letter word, but... Work. Work. Not everybody are talented to be able to get on a team and they've got ultra talent. But I find that a lot of talented people are lazy. 
And just like coaches, they can see past the talent and see the lazy part, so they'll choose an individual that'll work double as hard <laughs> and they'll pick that one because when nobody's looking, they're working. I'm going to preach now. When nobody's looking and there's nobody screaming their names and there's nobody applauding them, they're running, they're weightlifting, they're doing their technique. And even in spite of that, sometimes the coach will have to cut them. But does that make you quit life? No. It makes you get back up and say, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. Satan anoints people that are driven to tear you apart. But I want you to remember who anoints them. And the God that's greater in you is greater than it's in every one of them. So you just set your wings a little bit higher. Now I want to say something before I even read my text here. Stupid people will do stupid things. You just don't have to lower yourself to their standard. Can the whole congregation say amen? So what we do is we keep our focus. We overcome. We are on a mission. We are taught to have self-control. We are sealed with the Holy Ghost. And Satan can't get to that gene seed that's on the inside of you. And God put an armor around you. And you have the spoken word of life. And the power of life and death is in your tongue. Brother Ron, but I'm surrounded by crazy people. Well, let's just, I'll give you a statement for the morning. You can put it on your, on your refrigerator. The more I know about people, the more I love my dog. Jesus said these words, these things must be. So we're given the challenge, rise above it. Rise above it. We're on a mission. Now you say, well, Brother Ron, why did you give us this little exhortation before you started preaching? I had a conversation the other day sitting with some brothers, and Brother Vernon was there. And he said something, he said, and this was something that Brother Homer had to fight for years. People made fun of worship. Preachers made fun of worship. Didn't like how we worshiped here. Well, let me just say, this is still the house of worship. It will always be welcomed here. Therefore, I take that as a consolation. Let's stand to our feet.
this morning in Luke chapter 19 and verse 33. Luke 19 and verse 33. Amen. Amen. If you have a need on your heart, you just like to say, Lord, come and touch me today. Come near my pew. Come where I'm at. I have a need on my heart this morning. I I need a touch in my body. And uh, I just need him to touch me today. Lord Jesus We love you with all of our hearts and we dedicate ourselves to you. I've already said enough that we could dismiss and go home. Lord, you've laid these words on my heart for this morning. I ask you that you would anoint our hearts. Lord, we so enjoyed the worship. We so enjoyed your presence. Now we ask you, Lord, that you would just come and do a work among us. Every hand that went up, Lord, even my own body, I don't even want to describe. I, I, just, I, just, I just know that you're the healer. I know that you're greater than the effects. I know that you're greater than every situation. I pray that you touch your children, even now, Father. We as a group of believers, we're not looking for pity. We're just taking you at your word, and we're marching onward. We got a sword in our hand. Help us today. Strengthen us, Father, for this hour. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's have church. As they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why ye loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast down their garments upon their colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And they begin to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice with all the mighty works that they had seen. And they begin to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I want to say this to you. I don't want no stones. I don't want no stone to cry out in my place. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, 
even thou at least in this day the things which belong unto thy peace. But now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine eyes shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in every side. And they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. You may be seated today. In the name of the Lord, may he bless his word. This text has been written, read millions of times. Men have stood. As we recognize, listen, Jerusalem, with all of their prophets and all of their men of that day, most holy men, they were not recognized. And the king was allowing them on this day to worship him. This was going to be a mass worship. Millions of people would be in that city. The city would be moved that Jesus was coming. He was fulfilling multitudes of scripture as he was riding into Jerusalem. This would be an entry that would seem triumphant. Listen, folks, Boaz himself was riding off of the hill. The Redeemer was riding off of the hill. The coming king was riding off of the hill that day on a colt, the foal of an ass. The son of man was riding off a hill. He was greater than any feeble man. He was greater than any angel that was in heaven. This man would be tore apart that the covenant of the earth between God and man, he would tear him apart for me and you. Let me just say even to this, this church, Jesus will never be just one of the boys. The reason they took up stones to stone him, he said, I and my father are one. And by saying that, he represented, they were not Trinitarian in the Jewish, they were not Trinitarian. They didn't see him as three gods or three separate persons. When he said, I am him, they knew that their churches had missed his coming. He did not have their calling cards and he did not have their representation. And so they had to crucify him. Sometimes that's what the modern churches do today. Brother Andrew didn't have this at his disposal, but in Saskatoon, when the meeting was set up for Brother Branham to be there, the churches in the local area, the so-called Pentecostals and the latter round movements told their people not to come to the church not to go to that huge facility where Brother Branham was going to be preaching. But do you know all those preachers went? About 300 people sat in that place. Brother Gunther was one of those preachers that was there, but he wanted his congregation to be there. Brother Gunther's church, out of all of those ministers, Brother Gunther's church raised up to believe that God had sent a prophet Brother Kelly Hildebrandt, his church is now the, that church 
not regressed, but progressed. But that church still holding the banner high. Are you with me now? Are you with me? Brother Vernon's father, many, many of your father, grandfather, great-grandfather, he went to the church here at, he went to the, the armory where Brother Branham would preach. And, and Brother Branham would stand there and preach, preach seven different sermons, if my mind serves me correct, one of them being as an eagle stirreth its nest, and that's one that's popular. But anyway, and then uh, God's projected love. And so, hate, I hate gnats. They're not real tasty. <laughs> it flew in. I didn't want to leave. I'm just going to call your name, Brother Vernon, as a representative of the family, Sister Francis. Your, your father, he went to that meeting and sat in that meeting and watched Brother Branham, and he, and he was not against Brother Branham. Yet there was preachers all through the area that was against and warning people not to go to that meeting. It snowed during that week. It was a, it was a difficult place, a difficult time and, and to even get to the meeting, but it was a packed place. And, and so Brother Branham would be there to preach. No way that your father could have the mind eye to see a church like what we have today. And as he sat there listening to the prophet of God speaking, maybe with his broken Kentucky language and the message going forth, listen, he came to this area. A lot of people had chances at the word. A lot of people had chances at the word. But let me just say this to you. Here he was as a representative, and now his son would raise up to speak this, this truth, to preach this truth. And he was reading other material, and, 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 and a brother handed him the message of the hour, and he grabbed a hold of it. He grabbed a hold of that message, and he began to he began to read it and said, this man is preaching what I believe, what's in my heart. This man believes in worship. Doesn't take away from the word of God and his eyes became open and he began to build a church. Here we are today. And it's around the world that this, this has went. Our brother here, he got a hold of the message in a refugee camp. Now he sits here on our platform today. His wife is in Minnesota with her family taking care of the little child. But let me just say this you. God knows how to lead us in many different directions. God leads us along. Sometimes we get the idea that this is the way it's always been. I was sharing with Andrew, I hope I'm not going to spill any thunder here, but I was sharing with Andrew at the late season of the harvest, it comes a time to where that they, they throw the seed and the shuck in the air. And they throw it in the air. And they pick a windy day because the wind blows the chafe away. And so they throw it in the air, and they throw it in the air, and they throw it in the air, and they throw it in the air. 
And you just keep throwing it in the air. And there's a reason for that. It's because the wind of the cares of life, they'll blow you. They'll move you. But real seed just keeps falling back down. And you can't shake a real seed. You can't shake a real seed of God. You came from God and you're going back to God. I'm not saying this in no direction, but you will never in this life change a goat into a sheep. But you'll spend a whole lot of time working on goats to take And maybe there's a devil in sheep's clothing. And once in a while you'll see the pastor wherever they're at have to be stinned to find out if it's a devil. We don't have that problem here. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Brother Ron, I want to know this and this and situation. I want to know that situation and that situation. Well, I sung the boys a song this week. Mind your own business. Oh, won't you mind your own business? Mind your own business and you won't be minding mine. <laughs> Save you a whole lot of trouble. Save you a whole lot of trouble. I just gave you a sermon right there within a little song. That needs to be sung in a lot of places. That might keep down people wanting me to come preach for them. So. Well, let's just remind you who Jesus is. The scripture says that go ye therefore and teach all nations and baptize in them in the name. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Those were titles. They were not names. Amen. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. All of those are titles. But his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. When you say wonderful, he is wonderful. When you say counselor, he is counselor. When you say he's a mighty God, he is a mighty God. When you say everlasting father, he is the everlasting father. When you, so therefore, when you teach and, and go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the, and of the Holy Ghost, you must baptize them according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, none excluded, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You must revoke the jurisdiction of Satan. 
off of you. That he no longer holds the title to your deeds anymore. say this to you. Well, brother on, we come to church, we sit, we sit like church mices, we sit like a bump on a log. Why should we be happy? That alone, that Satan don't hold our title deed anymore is enough to rejoice about. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a prisoner. He don't own me no more. I've been bought by a price. Jesus signed my pardon. I'm free. We can see the characteristics of God. We can take, let me just take you through the Bible for a moment. We can see him in creation when he said, let there be. And a son. Brother Branham explains how he spoke it and the sun came into existence. And then off of the sun, clinkers of, of balls began to roll and he would stop them at a certain spot. God was writing his first Bible. And if you remember, when God's writing his first Bible, he does everything in order. Because when he's talking to Abraham down here, and he told him, he said, count the dust of the sand. That's your natural seed. He's talking to a man that is childless. And he tells him, said, look up. Can you count the stars of the heaven? That's God's first Bible. That's what Enoch built the pyramid off of. That was God's second Bible. And when you look up, that represents me and you. God put us there. There's not a devil in hell that can shake us from that position. If you can ever get it, that you're not holding yourself here. Some of you that are moody, to speak to you. Some of you that are melancholy. Some of you that are up and down one day, one day you meet them, they're on top of the world, they're sailing in the bright blue skies. The next day you meet them, they're in the mud pits, down in the slum. Come on, church. Some of you were around me yesterday. You, didn't, you couldn't tell that I was sick. You couldn't tell that I, I was having a real rough day. God's greater than the rough days. You could just realize you're not the one holding on. Oh, Brother Ron, I'm going to fall if that one falls. Boy, you ain't going to be here long. I'm glad that I'm not dependent on even Sister Connie. And I thank God she's not dependent on me. Remember that wind? If you don't have the seed inside of you, the wind gonna blow you away. 
We can see him in the power of his creation. We can see him in a cradle. How he got there. How he arranged the whole sequence of events. Mystery of his birth. Even the stars aligning. We can see him in disasters. How did he preserve you and I in the disasters of life? Through difficulties. The difficulties of the very deep shadows that we have to go through. God's not just the God of good times. He's also the God of very difficult times. Don't never blame God for the difficulties. Don't never turn on God. It's an enemy that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Laodicea might be a beautiful place if you would look, but don't you worry, she's going to change in just a few days. We're headed toward a lawless society to where they don't want police officers anymore. They're going to get their wish. They don't want real judges. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a law on the books right now that they're going to vote on to do away with all prisons. Did you hear about that this week? It's on the books this week. They're going to vote on that this week. Do away with all prisons. Now those in prison want to get out. But they ain't good people. They ain't good people. They are there because they did something wrong. Can you imagine what the tribulation is going to be like? So don't you cross your arms and get defenseless against me. I'm not preaching to you politics. I'm telling you, get ready to leave this world. Branham says, and, and after he reads the Revelations 3, that's to him that overcometh. You've got some time today. <laughs> Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. To understand this, you must realize that the Spirit is not speaking to the original saints of Ephesus alone. This message is to the entire age which lasts 120 years. It's a message then that is to all generations in the span. He says, now, history just keeps repeating itself. In, in the generations of Israel, we see revival in one generation only to see the fires fading in the next. Third generation, the embers may be glowing slightly, but in the fourth generation, maybe no vestige whatsoever of the original flame. So that would mean Paul would not even recognize his own church in about third or fourth generation. Or Martin Luther wouldn't recognize his own church 
in about a hundred years. Or John Wesley. Now, my mother was a cheerleading. Uh, she was the queen of Auburn High School. Beauty. But she was a cheerleader. And my daddy liked her looks. My daddy was a Pentecostal boy and 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 he took her to a to a after three years of dating, he took her to a, a tent meeting where Brother Fulcher was in, and they were having a shouting meeting. She had been raised a dead Methodist. As quiet as it can be. And so dad got converted. And he said, I guess I can't see you no more. She said, now hold on just a minute, Charlie. You need to give me a chance at this work. As I would watch my mom dance in the spirit of God. And I saw her life since I was a little boy. I was raised in a home where that home was filled with tape listening to. It was a home to where we prayed. It was a home to where dad would pray in the night and you could hear him speaking in tongues from the basement. I still believe in it. where he would break through. My dad was not a wealthy man by no imagination. My dad actually would, if there was a, an animal on the road, a fox or whatever on the road, or maybe a, a, an animal to where we could take its skin off, we would skin that animal so we could have gas money to go to church tomorrow night. He was passionate about serving God. He was passionate about believing this message. You know that. He believed it with all of his heart. One of his greatest fears was the fire dying in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation because no man can hand off the fire no man can hand the fire off. It isn't from generation to generation to generation. Every generation must have its own revival. That's why I believe in youth meetings. That's why I believe in promoting what Andrew is doing here in this church. That's why I believe that you youth have to have your own experience with God. <laughs> my mother one of the last meetings that she went to she went to a church that was supposed to be a message church but it was dying it was a song that was sung my mother danced she danced that night and one of the deacons came and set her down. My mom called me after service. I wasn't there. She called me after service. It was in North Carolina. She called me after service and they don't no longer believe the message. But she called me and she said, they set me down. 
I wasn't doing anything wrong. And I said, Mom, it wasn't them people. They don't want that. But God wants it. I want to remind you, and it was only months before she is to pass and go beyond that veil of tears. And I said, Mom, I want you to know this. We will never set you down. Here's where I want to go. There's too many morgues. Too many preachers that can get a computer and can take an intellectual idea and produce churches. But they're only producing dead seed. That's not what this message is about. When it comes to worship, it's more than just, just singing a song or playing. And I'm not talking about rock and roll music. I'm talking about real worship. Jesus wanted on his, on his first entrance into Jerusalem, he wants it right now because the scripture says that he inhabits the praises of his people. extremely cautious here because I don't want nobody to think I got a bad attitude toward people but I want to tell you this there's a reason a lot of people can't worship God because they don't have freedom they're still slaves they're still slaves and they haven't got over themselves I know this is going in a whole lot of directions. There's a lot of times that preachers can't preach this because they ain't got it. And a lot of people that want a clean fish really can't catch fish. And you, there's a real secret to this. You're going to like this. There's a real secret to this. The reason a lot of churches are not growing is because they haven't learned how to fish. And you can't clean fish until you catch them. Brother Ron, we want everything in order. Okay. okay. Well, I, I just so happened to, I would have loved to have been there when Jesus was there. Joe, wouldn't you like to have been there when he's walking up the hill and as he's walking up the hill, people are getting healed of paralytic conditions, cancers, let me just say, there ain't nothing that the Green Bay ball game could have been more louder than those people getting healed of cancer. 
and told their sins are forgiven, you can now go free. And then Bartimaeus, he knew he had to get louder than all of them, so he began to scream, because this is his only chance at the word. And he began to scream, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy upon me. I don't want to be blind no more. Have mercy upon me. I heard about what you'd be like when I was sitting on my mother's lap. I heard you was coming. It's my opportunity to praise you. It's my opportunity to rejoice with you. So a woman goes to, she hears Jesus is at a house to where he's not welcome. And so she looks at the event. And ain't nobody washed his feet. Nobody's given him a new robe. Nobody's put perfume on him. She says, I'll do it. I'll do it. And she went and got all of her money. Not half of it. She went and got all. All, all. God wants all your life. He don't want you to just serve him and serve all the gods of the world. He wants all of your life. And, and when she come in, the anointing of God hit her. And she began to cry. And those tears began to fall down on his feet. It don't matter how he was sitting. It matters that she was crying. She didn't have a towel, but she took her hair. Brother Bram said, you Pentecostal women would have to, that's cut your hair off, you'd have to stand on your feet, on your head. The smell of that manure got in her hair. The smell of Jesus got on him. That's what happens here sometimes. The smell of Jesus gets on us. The smell of Jesus gets on us. Now, Brother Branham had to contend with some of these spirits. And he says this, And Samson the Philistines be upon thee. The communists of Zion, the world is upon thee. The devil is upon thee. They go back and they see the Spirit of God perform miracles and do things of his resurrection, what Jesus promised. And they say, you know, I think Brother Branham got a lot of mental telepathy. My pastor said, that's of the devil. You poor, hypocritical, deluded infidel. All polished up, you're a wolf in a sheep's clothing. Jesus said, if you'd have known me, you'd have known my day. But you've got a bunch of souls that try to make you like the rest of the world. We want a bunch of men of God who don't compromise on the word but preach the truth and stand on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But what the world has done, it's, it's shaved off all of your power off. You were born Nazarene or Pentecostal but the world certainly shaved your power off. It's just as starchy as the rest of them. And, and, and what, are, what are we going to do? What's going to happen there's one glorious thing that we can think of at the end of this text. 
while Samson was bound. And he said, we can't have revival. Listen to Brother Billy Graham. Revival is over in our day. Revival in our day. The rest of them, revival in our day. How can we have a revival when we're bound? Thought about your sermons over the last couple of weeks. He said, we're bound. The Holy Spirit within our organizations and traditions, we can't have the Holy Ghost revival. I know that's scorching in hot weather, but, but it's the truth. How can we have the Holy Ghost revival when you're so bound and starching? A form of godliness. The Bible said they'd have a form of godliness, but deny the power. The power of what? The power of organization. The power of the world. The power of the church. The power of the Holy Ghost. That's the secret place in the church. And when the church adopts educated preachers, big buildings, finery, and the stead of old-fashioned Holy Ghost, they would be better off in a mission again. How? How are you going to have a revival of the Holy Ghost and people quench it? This is our prophet. How can you have a revival? I'm not just talking about for this building and buildings around the world. I'm talking about persons. Quench it, bound, and afraid of it. That's where the trouble lies. The Philistines is on thee, but the blessed one give us hope while Samson was in jail. What's the first thing that they'd done? They caught the secret. They bound him. They took his power away. They found his secret. They found your secret. And the world found your secret. You women, you bobbed your hair. Just like the rest of the world. You men go around and act like the world, tell Jerry jokes, go out, smoke a few cigarettes, and run around with your neighbor's wives and everything else like that. Have a little social drink to hold your job. I'd rather lay on my belly and eat soda crackers and drink branch water and stay clean and pure before God than to compromise on any kind of a job. That's right. That's true. Branham Tabernacle. Worldly is is creeping in among you. What about you? Have you exposed your secret? Have you exposed the secret that God gave you when you were wallowing in the sawdust a few years ago? Have you let it sleep, slip out by social, formal worship? What's happened to you? God can come down and perform a miracle and go right down through the audience and tell people the secrets of their heart and everything. Heal the sick and the afflicted, do signs and wonders and preach the gospel as hard as they can by the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, I guess that's all right. We enjoy listening to it once in a while. We're not too tired. Brother Branham was dealing with that. In 1959. How much more is that spirit wants to escalate? It's not want to stay in the Pentecostal holiness move. It wants to move right into the bride. Social form of worship. Social form of worship wants to calm the Holy Ghost down. Let me just say this to you. If that's trying to get on you, shake it off. When used to be the preaching of the word, the old saints with tears in their eyes would rise to their feet, walking, sobbing, maybe not saying a word, just walking around two or three times and sat down so filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Word fed them. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Remember when Jesus came down off of that mountain, those people got under his spirit. And they began to worship with all their heart. There was an anointing that hit them. They pulled down the palm branches. They throwed their clothes in the way. There was an anointing. Same group will be screaming, crucify him in a few days. But God's anointing hit them. And they began to worship him. Preachers came and said, don't do that. Tell them not to do that. Tell them, rebuke them for worshiping you. And Jesus said, if I do, the rocks will cry out. Brother Homer's favorite sermon from Brother Branham was amnesia. There was a reason why he had that. I spent a lot of personal time with him. He preached to me about every day. There was a reason that that sermon was his favorite sermon. Is he saw the modern Pentecost forget where they came from. They came from a movement to where that bullets being shot through the windows and women dancing in the Holy Ghost. Bullets falling off of their dresses. People continued, but worldlyism got among them. So much so that Brother Branham would never be welcomed back in those kind of assemblies. But I've said it now and I'll say it again as long as I live. Brother Branham's message is always welcome in this pulpit. Why should we worship? We have found our future home. We have found our theophany in this word. We have found the open book. We see where we are. We're the blood washed, the redeemed bride of Jesus Christ. We stand as our wedding garment is placed upon us. We're washed by the word of the Lamb. The creeds and dogmas of denomination has been washed away from our lives. We've had to repent of a lot of things in our lives, but that's the zeal of this hour. Repent from false doctrines. For repent from false leadings. Allow ourselves to get clean. Now, you say, well, what does that mean, Brother Ron? There's always spirits in the earth, and you'll be attached to certain spirits. And that's like a little spirit of lust will get on a man or a woman, bad as in this day as it is anyway. But they will begin to kind of begin to look at a little pornography. Before long, a little spirit ignites, and that's the only thing that they relish during the day is just to get back to that little pornography. Get back to the little porn. And that little pornography will become video after a little while. And after a while, their mate won't satisfy them. Preaching to you. Their mate won't satisfy them because they are not going to do what. And before long, they're chasing the wrong kind of a woman. And they never thought they'd be there. They never thought they'd have illicit 
illicit acts outside of their marriage vows. They never thought they'd get there, but sin takes you further. Then you ever thought you would go, and before long you wake up in the wrong bed. what happens in churches. It's what happens in churches. Before long, it's all right to sit still, dead. Before long, you don't have time to pray. Before long, you don't have a breakthrough in your life. And so all of a sudden, you see everybody else rallying, and you go, what's going on? It's because you didn't keep your focus. Don't blame your neighbor. Don't blame the one across the hill. You didn't keep your focus. We're going to get on a plane Wednesday. Now, I cannot just get up in the morning. Connie fixed me bacon and eggs. Sit there. Enjoy the morning bacon and eggs and enjoy it and drink. I'm not drinking much coffee now, but I can't just sit there and drink my my little whatever I'm drinking and, and just drink that down and go, well, I, maybe we ought to head over to the Charlottesville and get on a plane. You got your bags packed? Well, I, there's a few more things I need to pack. Well, well, let's pack. And so we pack it up and we get it in the car. We put it in the car. I'm doing something here. I get it in the car. And I go around and I park at Charlottesville. And I walk in and I go, I'm ready to fly. That baby's gone. That baby's gone. I'm not prophesying you, Connie. That baby's gone. You're supposed to have been here at 630 Actually, we called you at 6 o'clock, and we called your name over and over and over again. A lot of people in churches like this one are doing just that. The rapture has been told about us for decades. Don't say I didn't hear it. Your mind was listening somewhere else. And you were worshiping this and this and this and that and you missed the king. There was a lot of people busy getting a wife and getting a, getting a plow in a field and, and doing a lot of different things or getting a house and they missed the king. Don't miss the king. I actually listened to Brother Tim Pruitt three times last week, three times. He preached it Sunday morning, and I listened to it three times. Brother Tim's sermon was somewhere around over, just over two hours. He'll be coming here in, at Labor Day. We know what he is before he comes here. We love the word. People can go to Cracker Barrel and sit for two and a half hours.
begin to talk about bypassing our theothony, bypassing, bypassing being born again and raised up through your parents just to become adult again, to become 18 years old again, bypassing that. He made a statement that just kept resounding in my heart. He said, maybe there's some among you, maybe some of your family, that you want to see them saved. He said, try to get them saved before the rapture because after the rapture, the grace will leave the Gentiles and go to the, go to the Jews. And if they're not saved now, they'll never get saved. I just said a real important thing. And you're standing there in your young body and your loved ones will see you in that young body. It'll be their only opportunity to see you in that young body. And hopefully it will give them enough strength to give them strength to get through the tribulation period and maybe give their lives for it. You think about what grace and strength will be. We preach this message for decades now. I've been preaching since 1984. For decades now. And now we're coming to an end. We're standing on the very cliff of the end. Coming right there. How many people have sat in pews like that? And they sit there for decades. Listen, it's coming. And while others were worshiping, I don't want to be one of those that missed it. I preached this in 2003 in Lima, Ohio. I don't know if many, any of you heard it. Also, in, I preached it just before in the autopsy of a dead church at Billy Andrews Thanksgiving camp meeting. I think that's before recordings. but And I used this quote, 1965. Brother Branham says, he said, a true picture of the modern church today, neither does the modern church want any of these screaming, shouting, tongue-speaking, Acts 2.38, youngins around her. She don't want them whooping and crying and screaming, amen, hallelujah, why such a child would immediately be put out of her denomination. They had one back like in their churches while they'd throw her out real quickly. Why are you letting such of this going on? You see she's pregnated with something because she's bringing forth members all the time, but she don't want none of them screaming, hollering, blabbering, Acts 238 miserable creatures that she thinks that they are. It would certainly embarrass her. It would ruin her educated, ethical, scientific society church that she belonged to here. They would throw her out at the next council. She can't have it. She don't want to be pregnated with the word because that's the only kind that the word can bring forth. Andrew was preaching a meeting in Ohio and it was overheard by several people as Andrew is preaching in Ohio at a camp meeting that a lot of things are going on. A preacher said it in the meeting and he said, that guy's just like his daddy. 
I'm proud of Andrew. But I couldn't give this to Andrew. But he met the same pillar of fire that I met a long time ago. Those screaming, shouting, Acts 2.38, miserable creatures. I'm one of them. precious pictures that hangs in my office is this picture. Hangs at home. This is Brother Branham standing on the top of a pulpit. Top. Brother Branham got excited. He jumped up on the top of the pulpit, my understanding, more than one time. Jumped on top of the pulpit, got to speaking in tongues, and was, was waving his feet backwards and forwards. When he came to himself, he was down in the middle of the aisle going around and around speaking in tongues. That's my prophet. My understanding is Brother Brandon, after the church was over with, a lot of times would have his coat going like this outside the building. That's my prophet. You don't believe that? He was up on a mountain and he got to worshiping the Lord and he was going around the trees speaking in tongues. Animals was watching him. That's my prophet. <laughs> if you're in a hurry, this probably ain't the meeting you want to be in a hurry for. I, I, I got a little bit more to go. If I can do this with fourth stage cancer, how about you? The doctor said, Dr. Timmons looked at me the other day and he said, we look at your x-rays. He said, you got all kind of cancer in there. Let me just say, I don't care if it feels completely up with cancer. God's greater than that. He'll take those dead cells and breathe through those dead cells. And I'll stand here and preach the word of God to you as long as I got breath in my lungs. You guys are Pentecostal. Yes, sir. Acts 2. None of us here have ever been in a modern Pentecostal church. So you can't accuse us of that. We got this from the message. This worship came from the message. This music came from the message. send you a letter this week, Brother Ron. 
I got a trash bin for that. Oh, I got a trash bin for that. Block and delete are two great weapons. I can prove anything that's without emotion is dead. This is a prophet. So your religion hasn't got any emotion in it? Bury it. Somewhere and get one that's got life in it. Well, Brother Branham, that's emotional. It's just emotional. Well, I can scientifically prove to you that anything without emotion is dead. So if your religion hasn't got any emotion to it, bury the thing. Because it's no good. It's dead. I've had brothers tell me, said, we need to take the emotion out of it. Well, take the emotion out of your marriage. Yeah, baby. Take the emotion out of your marriage. And get yourself a mannequin. I ain't going to stay long here. Too many people carnal. I ain't staying too long here. God ain't marrying no mannequin. He ain't coming back for pictures on the wall and tapes in your library. If birds praise the Lord and cows praise the Lord and every animal praises the Lord and the creatures in the sea praises the Lord, he's gonna marry a wife that's gonna worship him. Every word Jesus says, it's a lot of noise. Where God is, makes a lot of noise. I don't know why it is, but they do. Anything without noise, without emotion, is dead. I'm taking my time so you get it. That's scientific. And if your religion has got little, no emotion in it, you need to bury it. I have read you just only a few of quotes of the prophet of God. I don't need to read you the hundreds that is there. Can I read you one more? Anything that's alive has emotion. And anything that doesn't have emotion is dead. And excuse the expression, but I think it ought, we ought to bury some of this emotionless religion because it's dead. It has no emotion to it. 
Anything that has not emotion should be buried because it is emotional. The new birth. Oh, listen, you can get the birth without the emotion, but let me just say, emotion comes with it. Emotion comes with it. Speaking in tongues comes with it. Seeing visions comes with it. Dreaming dreams comes with it. Anointed to worship comes with it. Everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. Jesus every day how much I love him every day I try to do it before that I even speak it to anybody else because he's my king and I want him I want him to hear it from me I'm gonna tell you something personal I'm done I'm sorry Andrew I went too long I'll tell you something personal he needs to hear it from me I don't want to depend on it from somebody else. I want him to hear it from me. As long as I got breath in my lungs, I want him to hear it from me. As long as I got strength to do it, I want him to hear it from me. Not a miracle. I realize the end of it. And I realize, you know, I'm a realist. I, I realize things. But let me just say this to you. As long as I got strength, I want him to hear it from me. My wife can't do it for me. My children can't do it for me. I want him to hear it from me. I want to catch you. I tell my wife, this may give you brothers something to shoot for. I tell my wife, we've been married how long? 39 years. I tell her every day how beautiful she is. I tell her every day how beautiful she is. I tell her every day how much I love her. I love you more now than I've ever loved you before. I love you more now than I loved you as a kid. Is that right, sister? No, I tell you. I don't want nobody else to have to do that. It's my job. Nobody else can do it for you. To Jesus. show up at the airport too late. Don't let things get in the world.
thank you for being such a patient audience with me this As long as I'm alive to glorify, I'm gonna praise His name. Where well, there ain't no rock, gonna cry in my place. As long as I'm alive to glorify, I'm gonna praise His name. I'm alive to glorify, I'm gonna praise his name. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise his name. As long as I'm alive to glorify, I'm gonna praise his name. Well, there ain't no bird gonna sing in my place. As long as I'm alive. I'm alive to glorify, I'm gonna praise his name. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, let's praise his name. As long as I'm alive to glorify, I'm gonna praise his name. I'm singing hallelujah. God is able, hallelujah. God is faithful, hallelujah. I'm singing hallelujah, God is able, hallelujah, God is faithful, hallelujah, Lord, I'm gonna sing, well, I feel better, well, so much better, oh, since I laid, I laid my burdens down, well, I
what I call playing the guitar right there. Well, somebody ought to praise him. Hallelujah. Praise him on the string instruments. Praise him, praise him on the organ. Praise him on the harp. Praise him on the cymbals. Praise him on the low sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Well, I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. Well, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You may false accuse me, scandalize my name, but I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. Well, the narrow way's a straight way. It don't have no crooks and bends. I gotta go on with Jesus. I know he's my best friend. When the enemy's hard around me, Just the same. Well, I'm a going on my Jesus just the same. You may false accuse me, scandalize my name, but I'm going on with my Jesus just the same. Well, some people may laugh and talk about me when I shout, but this is one thing for sure. I know what I'm shouting about. Oh, my God. 
Oh, God. 
Glory, glory, 
that you love me before we dismiss this afternoon.
power and set my spirit free. Oh, I'm amazed at your love. in the presence of the Lord. Well, I'm amazed.